sync. Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Hey, And Ham. I'm back, baby. And your host, Hamish. So good to have the band back together. Um, and we'll jump straight into it with um, three great results over the weekend. But starting it all off, Jersey Flag 38 to 8 over Manly C. Uh, Manly, is it Manly Warringah? Yeah, Manly yeah, Warringah. Yeah, I asked that same question before. It's, yeah, still Manly Warringah. Um, and looking at the score tries list, uh, Graham Taufar with a double. Uh, Ethan Sanders, Brock Parker, Tateo, Davis, and Louis all getting over. Fennings five from seven off the boot, and they went into half time with a fourteen nil uh, lead. So, really, they uh, dominated this uh, clash. Did either of you guys get out there for it? No, I, I caught. On the hill yeah, it there. is very expensive on the hill. Not a bit expensive. Let alone getting out to the northern beaches with the petrol prices right now. I caught this via the highlights, and um, a little bit of feedback that came my way as well. And yeah, just. Really good to see the boys getting into gear, doing what we know they're capable of. Uh, Ethan Sanders looked really sharp in the first half. I think Jacob Davis had some nice touches in the second. And, you know, when you score just about 40 points and concede only two tries, you know it's a good all-around team effort. So, you know, fantastic to see the boys clicking, you know, at the back end of the season. Unfortunately, I think it might be a case of too little too late, given that Ham has some context on what the final series is going to look like this year. Uh, yeah, so we thought at the start of the year, I think it was top eight. It's either going to be a top five or a top six. So and I either, think they've run there. Yeah, and either way, that's not good for Parramatta because, uh, strictly speaking, they're mathematical chances. But if you look at the actual draws for the teams that are up against in the Jersey flag, so fifth is occupied by the Panthers, sixth by the Dragons. I'm pretty certain the Dragons have got a bye, and then they play the Thunderbolts and either the Rabbitohs or the Seagulls, which are you know the bottom two teams in the competition. And then likewise for Penrith, I'm pretty certain they've either got a bye or I think they play Manly, Thunderbolts, Rabbitohs, which is the bottom three teams in the competition. So the the odds of them having all those results go their way is astronomically low, unfortunately. But yeah, rather unfortunate. Really, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess it, some of those guys who haven't played much footy in the last couple of years starting to put it together. Yes, that, that that's the, the back big end thing. of the season. And absolutely, you know, while it sucks in the short term to not be playing finals football in the jersey flag, you know, there's absolutely a portfolio that these guys can build in the next couple of weeks or next few weeks to further their cases for New South Wales Cup time and potentially NRL time in 2023. Um, you know, and that goes across, you know, the entire team. We've we've seen guys that are in this team, uh, you know, whether it's Samuel Lozu, who wasn't in this particular game, but he's been playing flag this year. You know, he got uh, into the cup for long stretches. Tavita Talma Penu, uh, who actually plays, played this game and backed up into the New South Wales Cup this weekend. So he had a huge weekend. You know, he he's made big waves this year coming to the club from South Sydney and established himself despite being flag eligible as a, a cup stalwart. So... Yeah, a lot of guys here that can make some big uh, tractions or gains towards a potential NRL debut down the path. And, you know, Ethan Sanders, Jabril Kalachi, Corey Fenning, uh, you know, in the forwards, Peter Tateo, Jonte Jr., Beth and Mesa. There's a whole stack of them. So lots of work that can be done for these fellas in the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly right. And with a lot of players departing at the end of the year, you'd expect uh, there'd be some from um, New South Wales Cup coming up into the first grade squad. Yep. So you'd expect that. Yeah, and the other, the other name I didn't mention because he's not in the flag now because he's been that good is Tony Mattielli. So there's definitely some guys here that they're, they're playing for some serious stakes for 2023. Right, well, let's jump into New South Wales Cup, uh, which saw the Eels prevail, prevail rather over the uh, Blacktown workers, Sea Eagles. Uh, so the Eels 30 to 12 uh, victors. 
with tri-scorer Sam Loizu getting a double. Uh, Hayes Perham, Mitch Rain, Solomon Naiduki and Sean Russell all going over. Perham only three from six off the boot. And two Sinbins there. Uh, and a send-off. And a send-off. Yeah. And a send-off. Um, so did you, either of you boys get out there to Perham was out there. He was live out of um, H.E. Leibart. Yeah, I was out there. Um, I thought it was a weird game because whilst Parramatta never looked like they were going to lose um, – uh, the workers scored first, and then we scored not too long later. They didn't really like. They never looked they like they were going to lose. But they, they didn't. I thought they would have put the foot on the throat. Yeah, because this team has won two games all year. There's no one in that team. Like I, I, you know, except for the ones that played one game of reserve of first grade or even trial matches. Oh, Seguiaro and Kurt DeLouis are your two players. Other than that, if they're not ex-Paramatta players, I had no idea who they were. So, you know, a bit disappointing that they couldn't put the foot on the throat until, I think, about the 50th minute yeah, or about so. 60, about 60 minutes in. I mean, I think they scored in 50, 48 from 56 minutes, So, but then it was a run from 56 minutes, 56, 60, 64, yeah. and then 79 of Russell at the end. So, yeah, by chatting to 60s about this one, it was a very scrappy game on the back of the ref's whistle throughout those opening exchanges, Ham. He, he blew a lot of penalties. and Yeah, um, he definitely did. And that's obviously reflected in the sin bins and obviously the send-off in the second half. Uh, but you got to remain putting it in the context, no Jake Arthur, no Jordan Rankin. They are the two control towers of this team uh, without a doubt. And so the Eels were not, not listless coming into this game, but they certainly weren't. Uh, anywhere near full strength when it came to logistical and organisational aspects of the team. And, you know, they sort of had to work around that. Brendan Hands proving himself, you know, to be pretty valuable once again. He played halfback in this clash. I actually thought this was probably his past two games have actually showed me he's got potential for first grade. We heard a lot about it coming into the preseason, how impressive he was. I hadn't really seen it. We we got got flashes, like little flashes here and there. But the the start against Penrith and then this one here against Mount uh, Mounties, uh, Blacktown, is really giving us a, an insight to I don't know whether someone's you know told him you got to go out there and prove you belong you know for next year. But he, he's starting to really find his feet and yeah, you look yeah it, it was and it's just it's it's how he played the game too. There was um, every time we're going left, we're hitting. I was telling Forty about this before the pod. Every time we went left, he was hitting Tony Matelli with the short ball, short ball, short ball every single time. And actually said to our mate, um, they were getting sort of into an attacking position. I said he's got to either go to Louisa or he's got to go out the back to Perham now because they've sucked at him in so much um, to Matelli. They're going to expect the short ball. Funnily enough, two tackles later, he actually hit Sam Louisa on the with the face ball. Sam went over, unfortunately knocked it on over Cost the line. Off the hat trick. <laughs> and um but you know it was it was just a way I, I like that sort of play where you know, it's it's very very simple way of playing the game but to execute it is because he can you can especially in that situation he could have tried to overplay his hand done the face board Louisa earlier gone out the back to Perham earlier and it wouldn't have suckered Blacktown in as much but the fact that he kept hitting Tony with the short ball Really, play, he played the long game on that aspect, and I liked that part. And we've spoken of him a fair bit. It feels like uh, both on on this podcast and with TCT's the tip sheet. But Tony Matteo is really going from strength to strength, and that's good to see. Um, he left us for Newcastle. When he did, I, I wasn't too fussed. I didn't feel like he'd been a star in a pretty strong uh, then uh, junior reps program, that particular class. Sorry, 
but he's come back and he looks like a prospect. I'm very keen to see what he can do across the preseason heading into next year. Yeah, he, strong runner of the ball. Um, needs to fix up his discipline a little bit. There was a few times I thought he could have been penalised, which I'm surprised he wasn't for his um, uh, the, the, the discipline and then defensively he can miss it. Defensively, he's got to tighten but up I a little think, bit. There, I think but he's work. He's working on it. Like you can see it. But uh, yeah, but what, yeah. he's twenty this year. I I think so. Because he was he he's was playing Harold Matz against us as well. Yeah. When yeah, so he'd be twenty year old, twenty years old this year. So he's still got another year of flag. But I think with with the preseason underneath him, with these end of year at New South Wales Cup, I won't say he'll be on the bench, but I expect him to continue playing eighty in in Cup going into next year. And then you know, I think he, a bench spot beckons for him next year. And we mentioned uh, in the flag coverage, but Tavita Tamapeno backing up. He got through 111 metres off nine runs in 25 minutes, plus uh, seven tackles, zero missed, zero ineffective. So not a huge defensive workload, but he did complete it flawlessly. So that's a, a big weekend for a young bookend or young middle. That's He hasn't been spectacular, Ham, but he's – it's like – how do you describe Like every week he, gets, he's, he does his job. Every he week he's gone work. out there and he has done his job to like a good level, like a very good – like good to almost very good level. Like if you – Need to get 90 metres off the bench, he'll give you 90 metres off the bench. If you need to get 120, he'll give you 120. Like, he's just done his job every week, pretty much. And that's been, uh, for a flag-eligible forward, that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think um, if he wants to be a first grade, he needs to either develop a pass, an offload, maybe a bit of late footwork before mm-hmm. the line, just to give him something a bit different. Because just the way he plays the game at the moment, I'm not sure if he's a first grader. Yeah, I mean, he, he's tough and physical. And that'll carry you a long way, but like you said, you absolutely do need to develop a bit of a toolkit. And just looking at the uh, the ladder thereafter, so the Eels sitting in fifth in this competition. So if it is as you say, um, they've got themselves in the finals at this point, and they're playing sixth place Rabbitohs yeah, this big, weekend. Big game this week, five e six, two points of difference right now. Um, and if you want to chase those Bears, I mean, even the Bulldogs too. Actually, there's a absolutely a chance if you get the win this week. Well, we've got the... They're playing Blacktown workers. And then we've got the doggies a week after, and then the nights after that. So it's going to be two really big games in the next two weeks for them. Can we talk about the New South Wales Cup ladder for a second? How disgraceful is it that there are two legitimate NRL backup teams here that are below the backup to the backups of Canterbury? Mounties are literally the Ron Massey Cup team of the Canterbury Blacktown Bulldogs, and... The Western Suburbs Magpies, which is the Western Tigers feeder, and Blacktown Workers Seagulls, which is obviously Manly's feeder, are both below them on wins. And not just below them, the, the Mounties have seven wins this year to Magpies four and uh, Blacktown's two. That is embarrassing. Well, Mounties won on the weekend. They beat the Knights on the weekend. Yeah, they drew they drew level with the Knights on, on wins. Obviously, four and against is pretty different there. Pretty much 110 points difference. Oh, it's not 110 points, what I'm saying. Uh, oh, yeah, no, it is, it is 110. I'm just... That's yeah, the Mounties, they had a really bad start to the season, but uh, looking at their last, I think, 11 games, they're 6-5, and five, so yeah. um, they've really pulled themselves out of that tailspin at the to start the year. But yeah, shame on you, Wes, um, and shame on you, Manly. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump into first grade then. Uh, so Eels victorious, 36 over to 20 um, against Manly Warringah Seagulls out at... Uh, Brookvale Oval uh, or Four Pints Park. Um, so only 17,000 out there. They didn't fill the, the stadium or the stands. 
Um, and one thing I, I, I have to say, I didn't see them flicking the switch on up in their corporate box when we were taking <laughs> conversions. That's they the, definitely did because when did, I went to the re- replay, they def um, on the the two that Gutho was taking from the side, oh, three from the sideline, wasn't it? On that side of the field, Marcus scored both his in the left corner, and then did we score Tom Opacic in Opacic. the corner? Opacic, yeah. But yeah, I de- at least on one of them, I did notice a, a light flicking on and I off, and I also noticed, che- noticed the pride flag. Yeah, I was about to say it was a cheeky little pride flag in one of the corporate boxes there. Yeah, so. <laughs> maybe that's why Christian Tuipolo dropped the ball over the line. Mm, it was. Yeah. Oh, mm. It was that corner cool. oh, no, when he got knocked over by Arcevo. He got distracted. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Trick. All right, try scorers, make a Sivo with a double. Tom Ovacic, Wanga Blake with one of the best put-downs you will see this season. Clint Gutherson, Will Penasini, and Dill Brown to um, put the nail in the coffin at the end of the game. Uh, possession, we won that battle 53 to 47% with an extra 40, four minutes in possession. Completion rates at 86%, which is very pleasing there. Uh, 190 runs outgained uh, mainly by 300 metres, outgained them 100 post-contact metres. Five line breaks apiece, 36 tackle breaks to 18. Uh, set differences don't really matter. <laughs> An absolute glacial four seconds average play of the ball speed. Um, it's crazy how it feels we play better when we get over four seconds, which just makes no sense. But it feels like it we just play some of our best football when the play the balls are ridiculously slow. Um, effective tackle percentage up at the 90% mark. We only missed 18 tackles and 14 ineffective tackles to Manly's 36 missed, 18 ineffective. Six errors to Manly's 12. We conceded four to three penalties. And Manly with one ruck infringement, one inside 10 metres and one on report. Each of us using all of our bench, uh, or interchanges rather, and one head head injury assessment apiece. Um, Bertie, we haven't heard much from you yet. Do you want to... Tell us the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> the good. We won. The bad. I don't know, man. They just ha- hate, man. They just try to milk everything, every play to ball. Like, you look at Morgan Harper. He runs past the ball. Like, it's so refreshing to see the bunker um, of common sense when they ruled, like, Pinnacini didn't pull him back. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, um, I will, look, I'm going to start off with another bad. Brad Arthur, you're at bench rotations, mate. What is wrong with you? I don't... I, like, we, we're getting dominated, you know? And you leave our best forwards on the bench to get dominated. And, like, okay, we end up, you know, kicking clear and winning, you know, uh, comfortably. But this is Manly. You know, they're a bottom four team. Like, if this was, like, um, you know, Penrith or even uh, the Cowboys... Good, good Lord, what's, we won't that, get lucky. What, what's that mean for the Titans and the Tigers if Manly's a bottom four team? Man, Manly, are, uh, Manly are, I don't know, they got their yeah, issues. I'm going to go a bit contrarian there, Bertie. I, I think mainly were legit. Well, I thought the BA air. timed bringing him back on his middle three. Yeah, yeah I but, thought I thought he timed it really brilliantly. But like, uh, look, I, I think the whole all the para fans were getting so frustrated. We were getting dominated, and it's just I don't know what he's what's he waiting for. Like, at least have one on the field or bring one early on. Early on. It's just yeah, well, it was just a bit. Uh, I that's think something that, that's something that I can find. I don't think calling game. it an illusion is the right word, but the the my sort of motif for this week's podcast was going to be something that NFL fans be familiar with and it's halftime adjustments. It felt like at halftime we had a chance to sit down and, and obviously trainers are conveying messages on the field, but they don't always stick as much as they should. But at halftime I had a chance to sit down and talk about the issues that the right edge in particular were having and how they were giving Jason Saab too much of a cushion to that sideline. And once we made those adjustments and, and sort of took away that space on the edge for him, Manly really struggled to get out of their half. And part of that, that inflated uh, set distance 
in the first half came because they were getting easy meters with early shifts down the right edge. And once we made the adjustment with Arthur Penasini and Blake down the right edge, Manly just got strangled out of this game. That then was uh, compounded in a good way by, like you said, Hamish, the reinjection of those core middles who absolutely put the foot on the throat at that point of the game and took it away from Manly. Yeah, like Wonga Blake was playing a game of the, the sideline was lava. Like he was 30 yards <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, and like it was bad in the first half. There is no doubt about that. We, they completely misplayed it defensively in the first 40. And I'm not look. I'm not single singling out anyone. All I'm saying is, whether you're the, you know, the prop, the second row, the halfback, the center of the wing. If you are the first person to rush in, pretty much if someone scores, like everyone follows suit. Like no one stands still. Like and that, and that's why I don't know if it's Brad Arthur's tactic because if one person comes in, everyone else comes in. Look, even Papali early in the year, he was guilty of that and too much. He was like sucked in towards the middle. Just stay on your man. Just play man to man football. Like I don't get. And then you can't fall for like blocks and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's him and his bench rotation. It's just him, his defensive tactics and bench rotation just gives me the, the hibbity jibbies. Well, like Hamish, I actually was fairly happy about the rotation this week as opposed to other weeks where I feel like we've we've definitely had a, a significant luck, uh, uh, like downturn or you know uh, flux of uh, quality. Um, this week, I thought that you know Oggy and Macca weren't incredible. But they did okay. But then the reinjection of Junior and Reg and Madison uh, was significant. Um, I just really liked, for the most part, I really liked the game plan for that this particular game. Um, the only thing I will pick apart was the fact that we kept kicking high to Jason Saab. I would have liked to have seen us use the grubber more, which became a feature in the second half. And lo and behold, it worked tremendously well. But yeah, I thought that this was a game where the Eels just played within themselves. They, obviously, they started hot, but then they... They didn't get uh, blown out by Manly in that counterpunch. And then in the second half, Dylan Brown and Jake Arthur, uh, the two halves, worked really well together and individually down their respective uh, sides of the field. And then you just had you know, those core middles. Reg, incredible. Junior, outstanding. Uh, Maddo, very good as well. But then probably the other four that you know really stole the show in this game was Sean Lane, who was just sensational. He had spiders on him. And the, the big thing, the big difference in this particular game as opposed to other weeks where Lane's been good or great without being, you know, absolutely S-tier sort of thing, is that we saw a change in attacking structure that was maybe facilitated by the lack of Mitchell Moses, or maybe the, the team is just, you know, simplifying things for Quentin Gufferson, but he was off Lane's hip pretty much that entire game, and, and look what dividends that paid out. We've been oh, screaming and, for it, you know. Between and it's the, just Laney just looking over his left shoulder there. He's just like, oh, I know Guffo's going to be there, so if I can get that right arm free, like – for Tom Opicic's try. He didn't have to get the ball on Gutho's Yeah, chest. it didn't have to be the perfect option. He just had to throw it. Yep. Just, just had to throw it. Get it out there. And he also had one taken away that the aerial view probably suggested that was it was a borderline call, but probably tough against Parramatta. That would have given Micah his, um, his hat-trick in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, some of the attacking shapes in this game were incredible. Dylan Brown, you know, uh, I don't know if it's his best game in his career. I think the one against Canberra, he was very good too this year, but it's right up there. And, the fact that both he and Guffo uh, put Ruben Garrick on skates in this game was fantastic. Yeah. I just want to go back to Bertie's point of um, being dominated there while uh, Reg and Junior were off. I was just having a look at the play-by-play because I don't remember exactly what happened, but it's really triggered my memory. The, the points that Manly scored in that second half come off a Reed Marnie error where he went to uh, re- retrieve a grubber and he knocked the ball on. That led to a scrum, led directly to points. That's right. And then the second one, um, if you go a little bit further, Madison knock on 52nd minute, which leads to a penalty by Tom Opicic. Those two errors, right? I don't remember the Maddo one, 
but the the Marnie one and that one together, that's you can pretty much directly correlate them to when Manly scored. So it's not only um, the the lack of power from the bench rotation; it's the fact that our game plan and our game style we need possession and we need completed sets. I know it's um, it's a cliche for one. The two uh, rugby league I test on Twitter says it's a false equivalence and that um, set completions have nothing to do with uh, winning a, a game. There's other things involved. But for us, we need to complete sets. So the more – and but I know overall, we only have made six errors this game. And we saw in that first half what we completed all but one, I believe. Yeah, I think both teams were almost at 100% it was very in the close first to, half, yeah. so pretty close to – there, so we need to hold the ball. So when we do make these errors, we aren't the team that are going to defend them. So we need to make these. We need to stop errors and get to a kick. If we do that while we've got our lesser players on, while we're bringing our bench on and we've got our big boppers off, we're going to alleviate a lot of these problems. That's where it becomes mental, where we just go, okay, these guys aren't as good. We're not getting as much, and I think it's not necessarily power because you look at. The meters that Oregon makes, they're not bad. They're pretty, like, they're decent. Uh, Makatoa probably doesn't get the minutes to do it. And Murata had a good game this time. Yeah, that was that was getting back to being vintage Murata, it felt like, this game. Yeah. The reason why I think we, we lack that domination in the middle when um, the first three are off is because we don't have any ball players on the bench. You look at Junior, Maddo. The, Maddo didn't uh, offload this game, but there's always a potential of offloading. So he's getting a lot of one-on-ones, two-on-ones, where Oregon doesn't really pass. Makatoa can pass, but doesn't. Murata doesn't seem to pass at all. So, you know, with, with that passing and offloading game, brings one-on-ones. That's where I think that, you know, you need a short ball option, you need the ball out the back option. That's where we're getting dominated. It's not from run meters. It's because we're, we're throwing the same attack for three plays, every set of six. Oh, yeah, that's some good points there. And I mean, when you're talking about in the New South Wales Cup, Ham, about how they were sort of pounding Matelli, sorry, phrasing, they were using Matelli, <laughs> uh, you know, direct into the line regularly and, you know, to the point where it was kind of like you need to go another way. I thought that they we really mixed up our shapes really nicely against Manly for them, like in that second half in particular. Um, you know, obviously down the left, we just kept going the Sean Lane because why break something that isn't work, like that isn't, sorry, why stop using something that isn't broken? Yeah, you've but, got to feed the hot hand. Yeah, there. exactly. But down the right, you know, uh, Jake kept it simple for ice. He just, you know, uh, was more of a, a battering ram, lesser than Norton stuff that we see from Moses. That makes sense. But then those different drifting shapes that he had, you know, if the pass the Wanga Blake, which was, you know, one of the most ridiculous put downs you'll see this year, let alone the last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, and then the mix up to the Will Penasini. Uh, grubber kick there, so it just kept Manly off there, off balance and on the back foot there. And the other little thing that I wanted to, sh- to shout out, because this is something that's been a bit of a pet peeve of mine when it comes to the Eels for a number of years, is uh, this game featured two one-on-one strips, not with the Eels getting stripped for once, with the Eels actually doing one-on-one strips. And this is something we've been trying to do, to, you know, I'll admit, and I, I like it, it's good game fury, but at a moment in the second half where Manly had a little bit of ascendancy, we went the short kickoff off the dropout and it worked. We got it back, and then suddenly the game uh, gets flipped. So yeah, some really good uh, like attention to detail, a little bit of you know a twist there. Some 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 of the stuff that we see Melbourne and Penrith and uh, a couple of other teams do so well. The Eels got right in this game too, and it was really nice to see. I did like the strip in the the last 
30 seconds of the game. <laughs> yeah. where, uh, my God, how follow, long follow does it take up. for a held call? Followed um, up by one of the worst field goal attempts from Guffo you'll ever see. Uh, I, I don't understand that play because Reedy obviously tells it, it was held. Reedy tells them to drop off, so they drop off, and then he rakes the ball away. And then he does a slow play the ball. Like, if you're going to do a slow play the ball, just let them take the tackle. <laughs> it should have been a penalty against us, really. And then he goes for a slow play the ball when he's got, like, why wouldn't you try and play it quickly? There's no one on you. You know what we're going to try and do. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> yes. I will um, say. One other thing I didn't get. Oh, sorry, buddy. I, I was going to say, I will say for Sivo, man, can you imagine scoring two tries? And the first time you get tackled is when you get after you put down the second try. Like that was the first time a contact he had all game, and it was from Kieran Foran, who should have been penalised in my opinion. Yeah, that, that was out of character for Foran. I know he's a competitor, and you can argue who was trying to stop him from centering the ball, but he was clearly in the act of putting the ball down, and then Foran makes you know heavy shoulder charge contact, sorry, with him, and then ironically gets absolutely leveled somehow, which defies the laws of physics. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that 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 prop, that was a potential eight point try I thought there. And then yeah. obviously, it, it's it's a pretty. I think that one's a slippery slope. If you give that one as an eight point try, <clears throat> could lead to something as sort of innocuous as well. But I think <clears throat> the point you make is right. If it had been Sivo on four and reverse, I guess you might be looking at eight point try because Forum would have in the reverse might have been in uh, the second row. Might have been punched uh, through that sponsorship that. sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that. Yeah, I was gonna say like Sivo could have punched him, and then he, we get ten minutes in the bin. Like if it was anyone else. Like if it was Nathan Brown or someone, like oh, foreign be leveled. Like it's just it's just stupidity. Yeah, it was a bit silly. Um, the one thing that didn't make sense to me was uh, Gutho. Where did those wheels come from? We haven't seen them all year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this, and I think Gutho is. Uh, you know, you look at him; he's one ninety or thereabouts, and maybe some loose change there. So he's got the height. So once he gets into fifth gear, I think he's still pretty quick. But it's the you know changing from third to fourth to fifth that gets him in terms of the elite fullbacks. So the fact that he was able to get into stride there, plus Garrick, I think, just both his positioning and reading of the run were terrible, as we saw when Dylan, you know, almost certainly broke his ankles there uh, just after. So, yeah, but it was good to see Guffo, you know, rip it in like that. I thought, for the most part, he had oh, – the, the only blemish, I think, the big one was uh, the drop uh, – the kick that dropped that he didn't contest that led to uh, Andrew Davey getting the second kick away that Micah dropped. And then, you know, you, depending on how you view cover tackles – uh, the tries for Saab and Torpolotu, he could have had a better shot maybe at tackling, but in term, they're, they're probably more outlier stuff there, but his general play was fantastic. Really nice kick to set up Mike Acevo, uh in the first half. Really nice pass to set up Mike Acevo, uh in the first half, plus all the running, all the backing up, and just him being in that position where once you get towards the red zone, I'm happy for him to be the final pass option because you know the defences just don't have the – latitude to slide and, and push under in support the way you do in midfield. But in the midfield, him backing up Sean Lane and Dylan Brown the way he did this game was huge. And I think that structure is how the Eels can go deep into the finals this year. And you want to yeah, just, if, if, if you notice a lot of those plays we did on the left, they're all short balls to Dylan Brown. We're getting him targeting the A defender and we're getting him run directly at them, isolate them, which then puts um, Joey did perfect analysis on it. So much better than I can. I just, I'm just re- re- reiterating his words. But the way he straightens up, he's got Laney target in the on the on the opposite try. He's isolating DCE Lane onto DCE into Gutherson's try. He's isolating um, Laney onto Cooler. And it's just the way he straightens up, the way he positions his body and everything. It's just he's unbelievable, Dylan. And they all come off short balls. 
going from that side of the field, from the middle of the field there. Yeah, so we know what we do well. It's just a matter of doing it week in, week out. Yeah. We've strung two together now, so um, we've got a big test coming up this week and see whether they can string it together uh, again this weekend with some key outs, which we'll touch on a little bit later. All right, well, were you happy to wrap it up there? Yeah, yeah I mean, and it's good to um, – uh, we've been so good for so long against Manly under BA, but more recently the scale sort of tipped ever so slightly back to Manly's way, our favour. So to put them in their place on their home turf is very, very good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the sweep, the season sweep. So yep. that's always a good Get thing. Get them and, up, baby. Um, Wonga Blake, Wanga Blake 150. And a try. That spectacular try. Um, yeah, I thought he was out for all money on that first yeah. replay. And then God bless time-coded uh, TV streams, right? So everything's in sync when they put those images up. Uh, so it, is, it, is it more impressive the put-down or the fact he's kept his legs in the air? Like when you look at that. Like when we score a try, it's all it, impressive. What? The whole thing, take <laughs> Arthur having the balls to go to the line to put over the ball the above Sarb, over the world's tallest man <laughs> into a position for Waka to, to 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 take, and then for Waka to get it down. It's just um the whole then, play. That's one of the better tries of the season. And because you know he's got the ball in the right hand, which was the correct way because it's yeah. against the rushing defence. But then that makes that also makes it harder to put the ball down because you're around the corner. Yeah, because you got to go around like. I, if that was anyone but Brandy Alexander and Andrew Voss, if that if that was Warren Smith calling that game, that would be the best call. Even Dan Ganane, that would be the best call you've yeah, ever heard. There's a couple of guys got, that would have gotten hyped the proper way for that one. You got these two idiots going, oh, but but this this happened. Like the Sevo try. Oh, did he even ground the ball? Oh, did he even <laughs> do? It just celebrate the try. That's the whole point of your commentary. I thought that's what Andrew Voss was about, was to be this exuberant character in the NRL, and he's out there being a, a talkback radio shock jock. Did he get the, Did he even get the ball down? Shut up, dickhead. I mean, if it was Sam Walker, because Sam Walker has thrown a couple of passes like that, and they, they blow their load. They're pretty much saying, oh, he's origin next year. So I don't know. It's like as if they're shocked that we, we can score those tries, or like it's just uh, the disrespect to us. You and know? We, we, you know, we didn't give it any airtime because of – the fact that it's a lot of dickheads, you know, booing a young kid, but it was good to see Jake have a, a fantastic, I wouldn't even call it a bounce back game because he hasn't really, you know, been down to have to bounce back from. But, you know, in the absence of Mitchell Moses, which is legitimately the biggest hole we could have in our team given how important he is to the entire, you know, Parramatta operation, uh, Jake was very good down the right and certainly built himself into the game nicely with uh, accommodating those two try assists in the second half. But the other thing that is probably slept on is the fact that replacing the, you know, incredible long kicking game of Moses. Jake certainly wasn't, you know, top shelf, but it was still very good. So that was nice to see. Yeah, I think he needs to call over his kick chasers and say, hey, this is Yeah, you're not, you're not doing me any favours, boys. Come on. I'm giving, <laughs> yeah. I'm giving you some contestable I, kicks here. I, I think one went astray when he put a bomb up on the 40-metre line. It sort of drifted in field. That one sort of went astray, which I can understand. But a lot of the other ones, I think they weren't the perfect kick, but they were a good kick and they would have been made a perfect kick if the chase had been there for him. He has this strange wind-up motion. Yeah, he, he, um, <laughs> he's always had it too. He's always it's, had it. It's even something he might need Matt's. to adjust uh, in the long term with the NRL, given how fast some of those you know chases can be for the kick pressure. Uh, but but it didn't cost him in this game. So, but it's like Lachlan Lewis. Lachlan Lewis always said he had a. He seemed so slow in everything that he did, but it seemed like no one ever put pressure on him. He was kicking into the wind the second half as well. So, and he was still making decent uh, yardage. So. Got a big boot on him, old cheeky boy. All right, well, let's jump newsroom. There's not, <clears throat> sorry, too much Eels news this weekend. Just Mitch Moses, I guess, has sort of been boosted back up for his uh, return to first grade with that successful surgery. 
I guess the other thing is the the saga of uh, Papali'i. Will he? Won't he? Is he going to the Warriors now? Um, that continues on, but um, you know, it's one of those watch those spaces. There's no point really getting into speculation. Yeah, there's nothing different, I suppose. The revelation today, Adrian Prashenko, who is you know a legit reporter, is there's nothing to mock about him reporting this article. But you know, there's some talk about Ice missing his partner, which is completely understandable if that's the case. They haven't uh, been in the same place for quite some time, given she's over in New Zealand, but. I don't know. It's kind of hard to pass uh, the old PARSE pass. Uh, you know how legit the whole thing is when it comes to New Zealand. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious he doesn't want to go to the West Tigers. I think that is pretty much, regardless of whether it's Parramatta or the Warriors, he does not want to go to the Wests. Uh, but you'd like to think that Parramatta still have a pretty solid chance here. Oh, and uh, the other thing I yeah. suppose, uh, Madison, I think dodged concussion protocol, but that's also part of the the preview, I suppose. But the fact he's not on the injury report and uh, is in the team galleries is good uh, good news given his history. Yeah, no, you're right. That is good news. Ten, ten minutes out from full time. I think he had that pump. So, mm-hmm. um, All right, well, let's jump into it. Start off with the flag uh, at Ringrose, 3 p.m. Saturday, 13 August. The Eels taking on the Rabbitohs. Uh, looking at that team list, it's all pretty similar. Um, Sam Loizu comes in um, from uh, a higher grade and... Nikau Rathol, has you got any news on him? Uh, oh, Corey. And it, Corey Fenning is out. Uh, Fenning should be in, shouldn't he? No, he's no, not. He's out. He's out. On, on yeah, the New right. South Wales RL yeah, one, right. he's out. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, um, But it looks pretty close to a to a full-strength team. Yeah, outside of Corey not being there, but you know, obviously getting Samuel Loizu back is um, pretty handy as a replacement for Fenning. Um, I, I'd say that's close to a full-strength team. Mac Puafisa is the new face that's been here for a few weeks now, came over to us from West, um, but he seems to have stuck around. I think it's his third straight start at 5-8 for him. Uh, yeah, it seems like he's followed um, uh, Brendan Rogers. So Brendan Rogers must have a big uh, opinion of him because he followed him from Tigers to South Sydney to us, or the other way around, South to Tigers to us. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, from what I saw in the highlights, he had some nice touches, so that's good to see. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is a very solid team. Um, you know, Ethan Sanders is still the highlight here for me, uh, given how young he is in this grade and how dominant he has been. Um, I'm, you know, looking forward to big things from him in the near future and, and hopefully, you know, the Eels can get him locked down under uh, lock and key for a number of years to become the eventual Mitchell Moses successor if it works out that way. All right, and then jumping into New South Wales Cup. So Eels in fifth, taking on Rabbitohs in sixth, 5.30pm on Friday, 12th of August. So the curtain raiser out at Combank Stadium. Um, and just looking at the in on this team, so Hayes Perham at fullback there for Rankin, who's Rankin's named at halfback. Yes, Rankin. Oh yeah, I guess halfback. Yeah, 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 understandable because Jake's in first grade. Duh. Um, and, and Rankin, but had Bailey a, Simonson. Rankin had a lot uh, of Bailey Simonson last week from the Penrith game, which is why he wasn't there. And, and Bailey Simonson named at centre, given he had that hamstring issue. Um, this seems to be the way to bring uh, players back. Uh, to first grade this season is through a couple of games in New South Wales Cup to make sure that they are healthy, um, except for our top prospects. But I guess for our outside backs at the moment, you don't, you don't really want to change too much, do you? In the Cup or NRL? Uh, in NRL. Um, yeah, yeah. With, I, yeah one, I think, like, I know positional play at times. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if we'd, I, had, I think if we'd had the second half struggles the way we had in the first against Manly, which obviously we talked about those adjustments being the difference there, Maybe there would have been a case to get Bailey in, but uh, given what time of the year it is, you know, as you're sort of trying to finalise your roster for the sudden death footy, um, it's not to say Bailey's not going to fight his way back in the first grade. Just right now, 
that back line in its current configuration of Opacic on or Opacic on the left with uh, 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 God with Micah, sorry, and then uh, on the right you've got Penasini and, and Blake. It seems to be working fairly well. So that's uh, yeah. Until they take a misstep, I think it's their jobs to lose and Bailey's to just you know fight his way back into first grade. Sorry, I had myself muted. Um, <laughs> but any, any any players to be looking out there for? Uh, you, you guys have touched on Mataeli uh, in the second row there, and Brendan Hands off the interchange bench. Uh, anybody else to keep an eye out for? Um, I mean, Zach Seney's been really good this year, like like far better than I thought he would be good. Like, uh, as in, I don't know if there's a, an NRL gig for him next year, you know, in some capacity, but uh, he's been really strong. Um, uh, Ham, you had a bit of speculation that you might think there could be a bit of a backline switcheroo in this game. I know Shawnee's well, Seeney's, uh yeah, Shawnee played centre when we first saw him in the Harold Mats. I'm just wondering if they'll, um, you know, Simonson's usually out on the right wing. Sean Russell's currently occupying the right wing. I think, you know, he pops Sean Russell in at centre, see what he can do, see if he's still got the the charm that he had there playing left centre in the Harold Mats. Because I think I, I like Wanger on the wing. I think he's got a few things he can fix up and defensively, but I think that could come with more experience playing on the wing and training there. And I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Shawnee next to Sivo next year in first grade because I think um, he's got a load of talent, Sean. Um, I like him at fullback. I know that there's some internal issues with his talk at fullback. But if you put him out on the centres, his best part of his game is his running game. He's, a, he's such a fleet-footed runner. He's got the agility. Um, he's played fullback, so we know he can blow play. Um, he's a big boy too, surprisingly big. Like, you see him on telly, whatever. He's still a little bit slender, but he's 20 years old. Like, he, he will bump up. I'd like to see him in the centres for this game and possibly going forward as well. Yeah, and outside of that, I think in the front row, you have to have someone step up for the absence of Ogden uh, just because of the, you know, the, the style of play he brings to the team as the firebrand or the enforcer, you know, that real physical presence. Uh, so between Greg and Makatoa in the starting rotation, they're going to have to account for that. And then I think maybe you look to the back row for part of that too. Both Elsgaham and Matteoli don't mind ripping into the defensive line. So they're probably the, the two for me to watch there. And just touching on that, Tavita Tuomopenu. Um, I'm saying that right. Coming up from Fleg to play on the bench this week. So uh, a nice little nod to him getting a, a start in reserve grade. Yeah, Tavita's um, been really solid. And, and like we mentioned before, this is the same seedings as the NRL game, I think. 5v6. Is that right, or is it six v seven in the NRL? It's five v six, right? No, five v six. Yep, that's yeah. right. Exactly so, like, right. Funny, funny little um, mirroring except, there. Yeah, and both both teams occupying the same. Wow, they are good pick up there for you. Yeah. All right. Then, well, let's jump. I was just going to say, looking Sorry. at that South team, um, this is a beatable lineup. Like uh, they got the other Gagai, the younger brother, Josh Mansour, Richie Kenner, uh, uh, Trent Peoples. I think played NRL this year. He was the controversial one that wasn't given the green light, I think, and then got the play. So, yeah, this is a absolutely a beatable team. So, got to get it done. Got to get it done. All right, well, let's jump into first grade then. So, 7.55 p.m. out at Bank West Stadium on Friday the 12th of August. Eels in fifth, taking on Bunnies in sixth. And the teams look like this. The South, Latrell Mitchell. On the wings, Johnston and Isaac Thompson. In the centres, Jackson Paulo, Isaiah Tass. And the halves are Cody Walker and Lachlan Ilias. Boards are Tavita Totola, Hame Sele, Damian Cook at hooker, Colin Matungi, Jai Arrow in the second row, and Cam Murray at captain and lock. The interchange bench is Blake Taff, Mark Nichols, Saliva Havili, and Davey Moali. And then for uh, 
sorry, the extended bench is Tane Milne, Dean Hawkins, Daniel Saluka Fafita, Shaq Shakai, is it Shakai Mitchell, and Josh Mansour. Then the extent, uh, the be- sorry, the team for the Eels is at fullback Clint Gutherson. On the wings, Maker Sebo and Wanga Blake. In the centres, Will Penasini, Tom Opacic. The halves are Dill Brown, Jake Arthur. Forwards, Regan Campbell Gillard, Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie at hooker. Sean Lane as I, Papa Lee, starting second row, Ryan Madison at lock. The interchange bench is Offahigi Ogden, making his debut for the Eels in first grade. Bryce Cartwright, Oregon Kafusi, Maradane Akore. Then the extended benches, Makahezi Makatoa, Bailey Simonson, Guy Rodwell, Sean Russell and Ellie Elzer-Kaham. Referee Grant Atkins, Casey Badger and Matt Nguyen as touch judges and Adam G in as the senior review official. So, Bertie, start with you. What, what do you like about our chances over Souths? Uh, where are the dangers? Oh, I think we're going to win, right? Only because, and I said this in Discord earlier, I think this team's sick of losing to the South Sydney team. I can't remember the last time we beat them, and they just keep flogging us. So I just feel as though surely the team, you know, the whips are cracking, and I think the players are they're looking forward to this. Um, I am a bit worried just because of that first half against Manly, you know, Jason Saab, you know, he torched us, and you know, you can only imagine what and you know Alex Johnson can do. Um, I'm, look, I'm a big fan of Ogden just because of his body type. He's you know he's a big bopper. Um, it's something different. Like he's like a you know a small a smaller version of Junior Paulo, if, if that makes sense to a degree. But um, you know I'm I'm liking this team. You know um, it, I don't mind Brad Arthur naming Ogden on the bench. Like you know you get you got the last you know four weeks of the competition. Um, if it's going to be a bench position, a bench you know spot where he only gets 10, 15 minutes, it's not much of a big risk in my opinion. So like. You know, maybe next couple of weeks, you know, you look at probably Ellie Elzakim might get a go, you know, Rodwell, but like, um, I'm liking, I'm liking this team. Obviously, um, you know, I'm hoping that the, the combination between, um, Jacob Arthur and P- Penasini actually, uh, grows, you know, blooms, whatever. But, um, yeah, we're going to start feeding ice because, more ball, because in the, in the Manly game, he wasn't getting much, um, uh, possessions. It was, I know we're focusing on, um, Dylan Brown down the left with, uh, Sean Lane, but. Yeah, just start feeding um, you know, ice more ball and uh, Pinnacini, but I'm confident in this game. More confident than um the Panthers game a couple of weeks ago and even last week, so yeah, I feel as though this will be a big statement game from us and um yeah, once again Reed can just stop playing hero ball, you know, we'll go a long way winning. And then jumping you forty? Yeah. Um I like I mean, not like there was much to change about this team. Uh, I do like uh, the fact that Ogden is getting a look in. Uh Makatoa, I think uh was you know, I think looking back to what he gave us last year, you can argue he's below his standards. I think in the last few weeks, he'd actually been trending upwards a little bit. Uh, but I do like getting Ogden in as the fresh legs. And just to see how he is a fit, because he's very much a different uh, mold or archetype of player. He comes in, gives you that power in smaller bursts, got aggression, likes to hit with and without the ball. Uh, that can get him into trouble sometimes. Obviously, you know, he make, tries to make a big shot and even misses it, gets it wrong, might be a penalty, might be a missed tackle. Uh, you know, but the fact that he can be an explosive ball runner is a huge plus. The fact that he brings aggression, if he can temper it, really like that. Um, and I think that, you know, this is part of the reason why we we're excited, you know, to get a guy like Marty Tapau into the team before that fizzled out um, at the deadline was that this is a team where if you are a, a spot prop, like a guy that comes in for 10 to 20 minutes just to rip in, like we are built for that perfectly. We've got the two best props in the one and two slots that can uh, you know, uh, facilitate that or, or allow you to play in that capacity in Reg and Junior, obviously. So hopefully he takes his opportunity here and, and really rips in against the South Sydney pack that is missing uh, one of their you know low-key important cogs in Tom Burgess. He was very good when he played us last time. 
Um, but yeah, looking looking at the head to head matchup, it is hard to be encouraged, you know, given how dominant Souths have been against us. But like Bertie said, you know, at some point the players just got to want it or hate losing to them enough to get the job done. I think the last time we beat them was back in 2019, halfway through the year, May. So yeah, May 31st, 26 to 14. Uh, which featured Blake Ferguson, Quentin Gufferson, Josh Hoffman, and Mike Sivo all scoring. So there you go. Uh, and then looking at that South team, oh, God. Alan, Harodi, Lowe, Dwahi or Dewey, Campbell Graham. Connor Tracy was F5A. Jeez. Uh, but, yeah, just it, the, the equation's simple here. Despite how good our forward pack is, it feels like every time we've played South, they've got near ascendancy through the middle. And once they do, it just allows them to execute those slick right-to-left movements and left-to-right movements that just, you know, pick us apart. Um, if the the forwards establish themselves in this game, I think a lot of our problems get solved. And that's not that Souths won't score some tries on us because they're so good at picking apart the edges, but if Junior and Reg and Maddo and obviously the uh, the ensemble cast through the middle do their jobs, I think that Dylan and Jake will get us home. And you hear? Yeah, that's, it's that left side. It's Cody Walker, it's Latrell Mitchell, it's Alex Johnson. Like every Every time we've played them, it's, they're just terrorists to shreds on that on their left hand side attack. Um, I I really I w- I'd, I'd even be happy if we overstack the short side. You know, if they've got if they've got a sixty four going where they've got um, six defenders on the right hand side and four on the left, I'd even just make our defensive pattern uh, fifty five where we've got uh, five on the left, five on the right on that twenty meter line, sort of in between the goalposts and twenty meter line. Because we know they're going to go left, we know it. They know it. So we we just got to. I'm happy for us to to overstack and maybe even overread that right hand side just to stop it defensively. Because I think if we can get them going right, I th- we've got. I think we can get them because Dylan's a fantastic defender. Laney's in top notch form. Um, Opportunity is a very good defender. And I think that um, even if Micah comes in, I think that Dill can slide underneath and he's got the. The quickness there to stop um, Isaac Thompson, who's only playing his second game in first grade, and you look at the the centre on that side as well, Jackson Paulo. I think that um, solid player, but I don't, you know, don't think he's too far above what we can handle. So we just got to do something about that. Our right hand side defence, left hand side attack of the South Sydney, and I think that if if they need to come out with the aggression and they need to imagine that the opposition are playing in the black and blue of Penrith. Because if the forwards can think that and they can get their eyes rolling in the back of their heads and really hammering them, you know, you just got to limit their opportunities. We've got to hold the ball. We've got to complete it above 90% in this game and we can get them. I, I, I hope we can. I don't know if we will. Yeah, it's definitely it's, – it's, it's a tough ask. And we know recently um, the Rabbitohs have had our number. So it's what, – what were the things that uh, somebody touched on, some of the hoodoos beating – Mainly at Brookvale this season. Who, what, what are some of the other hoodoos we've overcome? Uh, Melbourne and Melbourne. Um, Melbourne, dra- and Melbourne. Melbourne and Melbourne. The uh, Dragons as well. We, we dropped a couple to them recently. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is another hoodoo we've got to overcome. We're playing at home. Um, we've got pretty much cl- to a uh, close to a full-strength team. So it's it's now or never, and it's still a race to the top four for us with results going our way with... Um, if you're looking at it, well, I guess Melbourne Storm aside, when they've won their last two, but they were against uh, pretty weakened opposition, then they've got Penrith this weekend. And the fact that we've got um, Melbourne and Brisbane head-to-head in the run home means that we very much, I wouldn't say we control our fate when it comes to top four, but we've got a strong stake in uh, where we finish. Well, if we win the next exactly four games, right. we're top four. 
like that's controlling your fate at the moment. That we've got, the, we've, it's in our hands if we want to finish top four or not, and we should want to. We need to. But we we essentially we've got a chance to uh, in the next couple of games pick up almost an extra win over Bunnies and Broncos because they're both in the chase and one point, uh, two points behind us, one win behind us. So if we beat each of those teams, we you know really put ourselves in with a great shot of getting home, and and it might come down to that last week when we play the Storm um, at home. Yeah, uh, so, I, I hate the term and I hate the phrase, but it is a four-point win because you're yep, keeping us at bay and also well, you're preventing them from getting two points and we're also getting two points. I hate the phrase, but I will use it this time. Because I think that top three is pretty much cemented. It'll come down to whether or not we can we or, or South to the other team that could potentially knock out the storm. I think Broncos, um, they're... They've done well this season, but they've slid off in the last couple of weeks when the whips have started to crack uh, in the run home to finals where some other teams have started to really put their best foot forward. Um, and this week is a great opportunity to put our best foot forward. As you guys have touched on, we know they're, where they're going to attack. Uh, we know what we need to do to defend it. Whether or not we can stand up to it is uh, another thing. Um, but we've certainly got the points in us and Rabbitohs have shown the last couple of weeks that they can leak a whole heap of points. Whilst they can score them, they can leak them. Um, so it's really up to us to to make sure that we are, are on song in attack and especially in defence on that right edge defensively. Um, Birdie, first try scorer, eventual score. Uh, I'll go uh, Will Penasini. Um, I feel as though that Rouse Hill Rhinos connection might, you know, Coming to fruition, I reckon Jake Arthur, nice cutout pass. Um, I'm confident we'll win uh, 28-10. Um, yeah, I just I just feel, you know, I said it, I, surely enough they get sick of it, you know. you know. I'm sure every fan's probably saying, oh my God, you can't beat South Sydney. And, you know, last time we played them, it was wet, wet you know, it was, you know, rain, it rained for the, for the best part of two weeks. Um, they just played the better wet weather football, you know. Damien Cook got them over the advantage line real quick. So, you know, it feels like... Um, They'll bounce back, you know. We've had it. We had an easy kill last week. Uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a big scalp this week, in my opinion. Sorry. Um. Uh. Yeah. Looking at at recent results and and sort of mini results of in games, I think the smart money just points towards Mike Acevedo being first try scorer for the Parramatta Reels. We just love playing right to left. Uh. And you know, not that we can't play down the right edges. We saw off those pivotal tries, uh, to both Arwana Blake and Will Penasini. But so much of our best football comes playing to the other side. Uh, playing to the natural passing side for the right-hander, and Micah just is in great nick right now. And we've we've mentioned on the podcast, but uh, you know, just it's always nice to shout it out that this guy's come back from that knee injury, and he is back to what he was before. Hank Scorpio took him out at Manly that one time. Um, he is back to his best, and you know, it really looks good down that left edge. And I think um, if we're going to rattle Souths, we're going to do it to that right edge as well. So I'm going to go for Micah uh, for my FTS and. Yeah, like Birdie, you got to tip the win, right? I know that the hoodoo is on us and Souths is just one of those style fights that is so awkward for the Parramatta Eels, but you've got to get that monkey off your back at some point. Why not do it this week out at Combank Stadium? Uh, you know, I feel like if we beat Souths, I feel like we can put some points on them. So I'm going to go maybe uh, 36 to 16. First try scorer, Clintoris Gutherson. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of something else, mate. Oh, my mind, my dirty Western Sydney mind. Oh. You're a weak gutted dog, Bertie. You're a weak gutted. Oh, dog. whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Is that all you got? I've been called worse. Clinteris Gutherson, first try scorer off a laney offload behind the back through the legs, bit of everything, no looker. 
Um, we're just going to keep playing the hot hand there with uh, Gutho reaping the rewards. Full-time score. Parramatta, 37 to South Sydney, 32. Ooh, that's a spicy score. A semi-final game a few years back was high scoring. We're all thinking high scoring because I, I, I was going to go Eels, 38 to Rabbitohs, 26. And first try scorer, Origin Opacic. I'm going to put his stakes for next year's Queensland Origin up. Um, Opacic, he's, he's off next year, isn't he? The Hull. Yes, three years. Yeah, to Hull. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking. I was thinking it was Redcliffe or Hull. It was one of them. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's going to hurt a little bit because Opp has just been Mister Reliable for us, hasn't he? Yeah, he has but, centre, and you like, know he could probably play a bit of second row if he wanted to. Like Ham sort of was intimating with the New South Wales Cup lineup. There's guys like Russell and even Loizu and whatnot that you got to be trying to you know get into these uh, depth chart spots. So you know it's part of the cycle of rugby league. Yeah, no. For, for some, for a guy that sort of came down here to to play second fiddle to at the time it was meant to be Michael Jennings. And who one we have we had Jennings and um, and Blake and Blake. That's right. And Penasini was sort of the the young and up and coming guy. And then obviously it turned on a dime um, in the off season. Uh, but uh, no, he certainly um, lived up to the building. Um, but yeah, best of luck for for Hull next week. But he's got a job to do this weekend, and so do the Eels. So uh, until. Well, best of luck on Friday for everybody. Who? Uh, any of you guys getting out there? Yes, no, we'll, we'll be out there. Not, not getting out there. So that's a that's a round no. Yeah. <laughs> we're the kids sw- swimming at eight o'clock the the next morning. So if I take them out to to um to the football at almost eight o'clock at night, we won't get home until about eleven. I, Off, I don't think yeah. we can do that to them. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but yeah, I'll be out there for both the Reggies and first grade. All right, well, that sounds good. Well, um, we hope to hear a uh, another Eels win on the charge to the finals. Four games left. Uh, we're into the final, um, yeah, the very final stretch of the season. Uh, two wins in a row. Second time we can stretch it to three this season. And hopefully we don't fall at the hurdle this time because looking back when we played the Broncos, what was that, three weeks ago, it was hard to find a win the rest of the season. And now we've had two on the trot, yeah. and the rest of the games uh, looking towards the end of the season all look winnable. Footy makes sense. It does, and it's just a matter of which eels come out. And uh, I don't know, I've got a bit more confidence after the last two rounds that we're building to something on the stretch home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if we want to show that we're ready to break through the round two hoodoo, I think we've got to beat South Sydney. Yeah, I think yep. psychologically this is a big one. This is, you know, this is the team that obviously ended our hopes in 20, well, was it 21? It was 21, right? Uh, when we played him in sudden death football, and yep. uh, 2020 wasn't it? 20, 2020, 2020, 2020, yeah, 2020, yeah. Sorry, in 2020, with the that was the Michael Jennings game uh, with Hastings getting caught up at six o'clock in the morning to play play the game. Uh, yeah, so there's definitely some you know unresolved issues there that you know given all the other sage burning games that we've had this year, like we mentioned Melbourne and Melbourne, the Dragons, and there was a couple other results mixed there. Obviously, sweeping Penrith was a big one too. Um, this is probably the final check mark. It, obviously, there's other games to win this year, but this is the final check mark in the regular season about you know what this team needs to clear their minds off and get you get this one done. And there's no reason why we couldn't run the table. Exactly. Let's run that table, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> R E L A X. Yeah, relax. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right, well, we'll leave it there. Um, so hopefully, we'll be coming to you next week with a review of another Eels win on our run to the finals. Cheers. See you, boys. See you later, go, Para. Players.